Lord, that's our prayer tonight as we gather together, that you would be lifted up, that you would be glorified. We thank you for your incredible love for each and every person. We thank you, in fact, Lord, for each person who's here tonight, Lord, that you long to meet with us personally. This is who you are, God. You're a personal God who longs to draw near. And so I want to pray now, Lord, wherever people are at the journey here tonight, I know there'll be people from all different, different stages of life's journey, of the spiritual journey, Lord, but I know your desire is, is to speak to each and every one of us, to meet us right where we're at. And so I pray you do that now, not through my words, Lord, but through your word, by your Holy Spirit, Lord. Make your presence known here as we've experienced as we've worshipped you. May every person... Uh, know your love, feel so welcomed in this place because this is your heart, great God. And I pray the light of your truth will just shine into our hearts tonight, great God. You know what we need. You are the one who has awesome plans and purposes for each and every one of our lives. And so we look to you, great God. We look to you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Um, it is really exciting to be sharing with you on our Vision Sunday. Anyone excited that it's Vision Sunday? Yeah. Lots of people excited. Well, it's a real privilege for me to get to share with you uh, tonight, um, and I've been sharing this right across all of our services today, and it really is always such an exciting day at the start of the year, and we get to share this, the things that God has been stirring within us, as David shared amongst all of us, in fact, collectively, as we've been seeking God, hearing from Him, and some really exciting things that God is unfolding for the year ahead. I heard the story recently about three dads who were waiting in the waiting room of the label ward and um, the midwife came out to the first dad and said, congratulations, you have just had twins. Well, your wife has just had twins. You're the dad of twins. And he said, well, that's great news. He said, as it turns out, I actually played baseball for the Minnesota Twins. How incredible is that? And uh, he was celebrating giving thanks for the arrival of these twins. And then the nurse came out a little bit later on again to the second dad and said, you won't believe it, but you've just had triplets. And the dad said, well, that's incredible because I work for 3M and now I have triplets. That's amazing. And at that very moment, the third dad just passed out on the floor. And uh, as he came to, the others were checking on him and saying, what's wrong? Are you okay? He says, yeah, I'm fine. It's just that I work for 7UP. <laughs> and I was worried about what that would mean. For me, but thanks for laughing at that, by the way, as well. It was good, made me feel good. But I want to let you know that it's true that, um, that every life is a precious gift from God. It's so true. Every life, every person is an incredibly precious gift from God, and God cares deeply about each and every one. People matter to God. You need to know that. And they have incredible value and worth to him. The Bible talks about the fact that we are created in his image. Maybe you're here tonight and someone has spoken words over your life. Spoken words over your life that you've found it hard to shake. The same, maybe they've said to you that you have no value, you have no worth. Or the way they've treated you or acted towards you has put that within your heart. I want you to hear tonight. That God looks at you and he loves you and he sees, as he looks at you and sees you, he sees a person of incredible value and worth. So much so that he would send his own son in this world to die for you, that you could have a relationship with, with him. And he says that, that, that you actually have his fingerprints over your life, created in his image. And he has a plan and a purpose for you. And I want you to know that the people matter to God. The Bible speaks about this in so many places across the scripture. And God longs for us to be in a personal relationship with him. It makes sense, doesn't it? The one who created us 
knows what is best for us, wants to be in relationship. An incredible thought, in fact, when you think about it. The God who created the heavens and the earth, flung stars into space, longs to be in a relationship with you is an incredible, incredible thought. And the passage of Scripture that I want us to look at tonight is a passage that God has put on our hearts as a church um, and really affirmed in a number of ways. And it comes from Romans chapter 8, uh, sorry, Romans chapter 10, verse 13. I'm going to read some more verses after this, but I want to focus in on this verse because it's an incredible truth to grab hold of. It says this in verse 13. It says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I love that verse. Everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I want you to hear through this, this this message of how God cares about the ones. He cares about individuals. He cares about you tonight. And he cares about our world. You know, it's possible to be in a crowd of people and yet still feel very isolated. Maybe you're here tonight and you're amongst other people. But in the midst of the crowd, you feel alone. You feel isolated. It's possible to experience that. Maybe you've experienced that before. I remember many years ago um, being on the other side of the world. My wife and I had a chance to travel overseas before we had kids. And we were on the other side of the world in a huge crowd of people, thousands of people. And as we were in this crowd, it was actually under the Eiffel Tower, thousands of people there. We had that feeling of being very isolated and alone. You're so far from home, no one that you know, and uh, had this feeling. But in the midst of this crowd, thousands of thousands of people, I thought I could hear someone calling my name. I thought... That, that's impossible. Like here we are, other side of the world, midst of thousands of people. And I just ignored it and kept on doing what we were doing there. And then as the um, um, things continued, I heard this again. I thought, I think that is like someone calling my name. I thought, maybe it's God. Maybe God's calling out to me under the Eiffel Tower. He's going to speak to me. Um, but it wasn't God. That would have been a great story if it was, but it wasn't God in that moment. And then again, I heard this voice and I looked over and there was two friends of ours that were actually from Brisbane here that we knew who were living in London at the time and it actually happened just on that particular weekend to travel across to France, as you do if you live in London, travel there for the weekend and at that very moment, that very time, were under the Eiffel Tower there and somehow spotted us amongst the thousands of people under the Eiffel Tower, called out our names and we were able just to um, connect with one another there and I want to tell you, it felt great to hear your your name being called out, to know someone in the midst of that crowd. It made, made us feel really really good, uh, really loved, cared for, to, to be known in the midst of that vast crowd. But it is possible to be in a crowd and to feel isolated, to feel alone. And when Jesus looked at the crowds, I think it's fascinating when we look at Jesus' life and his ministry, when he looked at the crowds, we see so clearly that he didn't just see crowds of people out there. But he saw individuals, he saw ones that he, um, that he knew that God cared about, that he knew that God loved, that he knew God had a plan and a purpose for their life. When he looked at the crowds, he didn't just see crowds of people, he saw individuals and he saw their hopes and dreams. He saw the hurts and pains that they were carrying in their life. He saw that and he loved them because he knew that there was an answer, that there was a hope for them. And I love it as we look at this um, Jesus' ministry. We see this so clearly when he was with the crowds and he spotted Zacchaeus hiding up in the tree. He called out to Zacchaeus. It says he called Zacchaeus by name and said, today I'm coming to your house. And as he was walking with the crowd, he heard a man 
crying out on the side of the road, blind Bartimaeus crying out saying, son of David, have mercy on me. And it says that the the disciples, the followers, or the crowd tried to tell blind Bartimaeus to be quiet, but Jesus heard his cry and he went to him. And he he answered and he, he, he spoke into his very need. He brought hope and life to blind Bartimaeus. As Jesus was at the well, he saw the woman at the well. He didn't just see her, but he saw into her very life. He saw her story, her journey, her background. He saw her hurt and pain. He was able to speak words of life and hope and truth into her life that transformed her life. This is Jesus. This is his ministry. This is God's heart. He cares about the ones. He cares about the individuals. He cares about you tonight. I want you to know that. And he longs for each and every person to come into a relationship with him, to experience his healing in their lives, to know that there is a hope and a future that he has for them. This is God's desire. And I want you to know that not one single person is beyond God's saving love and power. No one is beyond God's love and saving power. Maybe you're here tonight and you're thinking, I don't know if God could love me and accept me. If you knew my story, if you knew what I've been through, I want you to hear tonight this passage of Scripture. It says that everyone, everyone, that includes every single person. That's exactly what it means in the Greek. Everyone means everyone, every single person. It, It includes you tonight if you're here. And he longs for you to be able to call out to him and to know salvation to know redemption, to know life eternal in him. And as we grow as a church, God's call for us is to keep focusing on the ones. That's God's message to us, to remember how incredibly valuable each and every person is, to remember they're created in his image, to remember that God loves them and cares about them and wants them to experience a relationship with him. And we are to keep focusing on the ones that God brings to us. Every single person God brings here, he loves And we are to be um, his hands and feet, to welcome them, to love them, to speak words of life and truth to them, his words of life and truth. And the passage continues in verse 14. It says, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. We know that ultimately a person's life can only be transformed by the work of the Holy Spirit. I can't change a person's life. You can't change a person's life. It is only God who can do that, only by the work of the Holy Spirit as they say yes to Jesus. He does this incredible life-transforming work. But we see clearly here from what Paul is explaining to us, that we have a key role to play, that God says you are important in this. You are a part of my plan and my purpose to see people experience life in me. And as we look at Paul's logic, he follows this very clear um, case or a very clear argument. He says, firstly, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Notice that there's no, no questioning there. It's not, not could be saved, might be saved, hopefully will be saved. It says, if you call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. And I want you to know that here tonight. If you're here tonight and you've never called on his name, tonight you can call on his name and you will be saved. It's not a matter of, I hope I'm saved tonight. If you call on his name tonight, you can experience salvation and life. This very night, you can experience that by simply calling out to him. And Paul says, but to come to that point of someone calling on him, first they must believe in him. 
And that makes sense, doesn't it? If you're going to call on someone to rescue, to save you, then you've got to believe in him first. But to believe him, they must first hear about him. Some people have never even had an opportunity to hear. Many parts of our world never even heard of who Jesus is, what he has done for them. And to believe in him, they must first hear about him. And to hear about him, someone must first tell them about him. That makes sense as well. And to tell them about him, someone must first be sent to them. So we can see Paul's logic, Paul's explanation here. And the moment we come to faith in Christ, the moment we experience him indwelling us by his Holy Spirit, we are sent in that very moment. We are commissioned by God. We become sent one, sent out to share this good news with the world. How could we keep it to ourselves? If you've experienced the grace of God in your life, you've experienced his healing work in your life, you'll know it's impossible to keep this to yourself. You, you have to share with others. You have to tell others of this incredible love that we have experienced. And the moment we say yes to him, we are sent. Jesus says, just as the Father has sent me, now I am sending you. We're sent to our neighborhoods. We're sent to our workplaces. We're sent to our universities, to our school communities, to our sporting clubs. Wherever we go, we are sent by God to reveal his love, to speak of his love, to show his love in practical ways as well. And it's all about the ones. Sometimes we look at the crowds of people in our world or in our community and think, wow, there's so many people, you know, it just seems overwhelming. How can I really make a difference? How can I help? It just seems too much. But God says to you, all I want you to do is just to focus on the ones. Everyone who calls on my name will be saved. And he says, I want you just to focus on the people I put before you, the ones I put before you. And as you do that, allow me to do my saving work in their lives. I love Tamara's story last Sunday night. How great was it to hear Tamara sharing her testimony? In her testimony, something that really stood out for me, particularly as I was thinking about where God is calling us to, was a section that she said, the whole story was amazing. But here's a little section of what Tamara said. If you missed it last Sunday night, let me share a little bit of her story. She said this, a year later, I found myself thinking about Jesus and found I had questions I was thinking about it one day at work and it just so happened that Abby was working that day too. And I gathered the courage right as I was leaving for the day to talk to her about church, which actually came out as, can I send you a message later to ask you a question? And I texted her that night, to which she invited me back to a night service at Bridgie. Coming to church this time felt so right. I won't say that I wasn't scared because I was. I felt anxious coming here for a long time actually. But God knew my fears and he surrounded me with kind, generous people who welcomed me and accepted me as their friend. He placed people in my life both at church and in the most unexpected places like on a bus to uni. And these people helped me and guided me towards him. God fought for me at every turn. He chased me down. He left the 99 for me. Even when I hurt him, even when I turned away, he continued to fight for me because that's how much he loves me. It's an incredible story, isn't it? Praise God that, um, that Abby knew that she had been sent to that workplace. Praise God. I love that photo, in fact, of them. Just, just the joy at, at knowing. You know, that here's Abby gets to experience the joy of this as well, being caught up in God's plans. Praise God for that person on the bus going to uni, knowing that they had been sent to that bus, you know, on a boring bus ride on the way to uni, but knowing they'd been sent there by God. And with this in mind, we're excited about the visions that God is calling us to for the year ahead, and they're centered 
in God's heart for everyone, every single person, to be able to have an opportunity to discover life and salvation in Him. And we believe the Holy Spirit is unfolding a mighty plan. He really is a plan that is to see many more people discover His his love for them and discover life in Him. And, uh, and as he unfolds this, we need more people than ever to join with us and say, yeah, I, I want to be on board with that. I want to be a part of what God is unfolding here in this community and beyond that for our city and beyond that as well. God is looking for every person who says, yes, I'm available, I'm ready. And I want you, as you listen to some of these visions, to allow God to speak into your heart. Particularly maybe if you're newer here at Bridget, we'd love you just to link in with us and say, yes, I want to be a part of what God is doing. We need your help to keep reaching out as we reach the ones and see that multiplying impact take place. The first vision I want to share with you tonight is our new Cultural Connect vision. And this vision uh, involves launching nine Cultural Connect missional groups. And these groups include an Arabic Connect group, a Persian Connect, a Spanish Connect, Brazilian Connect, Chinese Connect, Indian Connect, Solomon Islands Connect, Filipino Connect, and Burmese Connect. We are launching nine cultural Connect groups um, this year, which is pretty huge and pretty massive and a step of faith. But the vision of these groups is to um, gather together once a month and to use their cultural connections and their languages to reach out to people from other nations so that more people and ever before would have an opportunity to hear the good news of Jesus, to to say yes to him. And they'll gather together under this cultural connect vision, under the leadership of Pastor Andrew. This is something that that, um, God has really um, put deeply into Pastor Andrew's heart as well. There's a deep passion to see people from other nations encounter the love of God, encounter the plans and purposes he has for them. Just this last week, in fact, we had a, a leaders meeting of the key leaders that God is raising up. And it was incredible to hear their stories of how God has worked in their lives and how he has stirred within them a passion to reach out now through their own cultural networks and through the languages that God has given to them. And at the end, they were praying in their own languages and it was so powerful, the spirit of God there, like a touch of heaven. It was people from every nation, tribe, language gathering together, seeking God and uh, his presence was there. And I'd love you to hear all of their stories, but uh, we've captured just one story tonight. This is Jeremiah's story. Jeremiah is from Burma, and he has a deep passion to see God reach others uh, from his nation, beyond that as well, but particularly from his nation that God has brought here um, to this city. And so I want us just to hear a little snapshot of Jeremiah's testimony right now. Let's hear this together as we look to the screen. My name is Jeremiah. I grew up in a Christian family, but... Uh, I nearly have a encounter with Jesus. I don't know. I still go to church, but go home in the same way. Never read Bible, never study. But in 2017, when tragedy accident happened to our family, our daughter passed away, then oh, I have to ask myself, I don't know what to do. Then we nearly divorced with my wife. A lot of uh, family issue happening. I thought that who are Christian, they're gonna understand me, even our own family. But no one understand it. The pain that I carry on is not moving on. It keep pressure on me. But why I go away church and I pray? I have to dig it very deeply and understand by myself. So I start reading the Bible. I read every day till now because I have a personal relationship 
by the grace of God, I have peacefully every day. I can see things clearly now. Then I really have a passion to love, to share about Jesus. Any human I face, if God's open a way, I would love to share the gospel that Jesus is real. Born again, since I commit my life to Jesus, I go to house to house, who are really old people or who don't understand. Then I go to house to house with me and my wife. Then whatever I learn from here in Bridgie Alpha course, I share house to house because very simple to uh, read and to understand for us. The prayer is very powerful from this church. I like about the prayer. So I learn about how to be pray. Sometimes me before, I don't know how to pray at all. I don't know how to pray at all, how to talk to God. But now, I thought that I would learn myself. When I commit to God, God, He teach me, not by me. He teach me, so that's what I found out. Yeah. Thank you, that. Isn't that an incredible story? Praise God for Jeremiah's story. I was asking Jeremiah, how many different languages do you speak? And he's thought about it for a while. And he said, well, including all my dialects that they speak in his region of Burma, he says, I speak 17 different languages. 17 languages, isn't that incredible? This Wednesday night, there is a vision, info, and prayer night that's being held. The details are in page eight of your newsletter. If you're bilingual in any of these languages or you'd like to join the team in reaching out to these groups, come along, find out more, pray with us as together we keep seeking God and our desire to see more people um, discover the hope and life that is found in Jesus. Also added to this, we're going to be adding more um, languages to our Alpha courses, running our Alpha course in more, more languages, and Alpha Australia helping us in this, uh, which we're really excited to be doing that as well. And we're also going to be adding more languages to our translation on a Sunday morning. A Sunday in our 10 a.m. service, we actually have the message translated live into Arabic and into Mandarin. Uh, an amazing team that do the translation there so that people can come and hear it in their own language. As the passage we read tonight said, how can they believe unless they hear? And so we want to make it as accessible as possible for people. And so we're um, excited to be looking towards um, making that translation available in more languages this year as well. Another key vision for us is um, the launching of our op shop and our community hub. There's a lot of excitement around this. This is being overseen by Pastor Jody under our Bridge Care Ministry banner. And our heart is to provide a space. The heart behind this is to provide a space where people from the community can come. People who maybe aren't familiar with church can come and experience community and encounter God's love, experience His love there as well. And the op shop provides just some practical help and blessing for people as well. There'll be a cafe there. We're hoping to um, be able to run some practical life skill courses as well, things like parenting courses, budget coaching, resume writing, those sort of things as well through that ministry. But um, this will be a real strategic addition to our bridge care uh, ministry that outreaches and shows God's love in practical ways to our community. So we're really excited about that. And we continue just to hear some incredible stories of how God is using bridge care um, to reach many. In fact, I heard a story recently through our streetlight ministry. Um, you may have read the first part of this story in our newsletter over the last week or so, and, uh, or in our prayer meetings. And I want to share with you the full story because it's an incredibly powerful story. So this is from David Dixon, who is a chaplain down in our streetlight ministry, just down here at Aspley. And he wrote this recently. He said, another of our streetlight family was in hospital and had to have a double bypass just after Christmas. I've been seeing him regularly at the Prince Charles Hospital for about 10 days. And on the last time I was there, 
He advised me his mum was coming up to look after him when he left and that she was 75 years old and had a walker. So he was going back to the park to a van with no toilet and no shower with his 75-year-old mum. And he asked me if I could collect uh, his mum from the airport and bring her to to the hospital to him and I agreed to do that. I was also able to speak to Angela from church about getting some items from the garage sale for him, some medical aids, which um, which she was so accommodating to us and helping us to get hold of. And we collected a chair that he could put in the shower, which he was so grateful for. During the 20 days she was here, we were able to supply meals through the church's meal ministry and through Streetlight as well, and deliver these meals down to them at the park. Then last Monday, he asked me if I was able to take his mum back to the airport so she could go home. So I picked her up on Saturday and took her out to her flight. We had such a great talk about her life on the way out, and she was so sweet. We had to get there early as she had to to be put in a wheelchair to board the flight. As I took her out to gate 31, we were the only ones there as it was so early. As we sat and watched the planes take off and land, she thanked me for all the church and Streetlight had done for her and her son and how the people from Streetlight had really made her son feel so very loved. We were just chatting and she asked me, is this what God does? Send you people to help out when you're in need? And I said, yes, he does. And he sends his love with them. And I said, yes, he does. And he thinks that I am so important that he remembers me when I don't know him. And I said again, yes, that is who God is and what he does. She said, well, I need to have him in my life. Because you and your church have shown me love without really knowing me. And as she asked me to guide her to accept God in her life, we prayed. And at gate 31 at the Brisbane airport, she gave her life to Christ. Isn't that incredible, church? Isn't that amazing? hear those stories. You see, it's true that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is for every single person. And he has sent us. Did you hear how the lady, her very words just capture this verse so well where she said, is this what God does? Does he send you to come to reveal his love to me even when I don't know him? Yes, that is what God does. He sends us out. He longs to send you out, to send us out as his church. Another key vision for us in the year ahead is the purchase of a tiered retractable seating system for the mezzanine level up the top of this auditorium here. With the growth we've experienced on a Sunday since opening the new auditorium and after, if you're here at our Christmas services, the overflow crowds we experienced there, we have sensed strongly that God is calling us to make this a priority. Uh, We always planned and intended when we built this auditorium to put the mezzanine seating up there. But we are sensing now God's saying this is priority. We need to put this high on the agenda um, to have the extra seating that we need there so that everyone can come and hear about the good news of Jesus. Last year, before we even opened this auditorium, there was a couple in this church who God actually gave a vision of this auditorium Um, being full to capacity with people sitting in here, people up in the mezzanine level as well, and um, people had filled this place up, and many people in this vision were calling on the name of the Lord and experiencing life in Him. And this vision God put on their hearts so clearly that they um, sensed that, that that we were going to need as a church that mezzanine seating system much sooner than we realized. And this vision was impressed so deeply on their heart that they actually um, talked together and decided that they would give $60,000, $60,000 
towards particularly, they said, we want this to be allocated to the mezzanine seating because we have, God has spoken to us and given us a vision. They had seen something and they said, this is going to be needed sooner rather than later, so we want to give this gift of 60000 We want you to mark it for the mezzanine seating. And uh, that, at the time when they gave that gift, the husband's wife was actually um, terminally, terminally ill at that time when they gave this gift. And she has now since um, passed on. She's with Jesus now in his very presence. But she actually never had an opportunity to come and to worship in this new auditorium. She's placed names in the foundation, people that she'd prayed for, um, but she actually never got a chance to be in here and to see this building completed. But at Christmas time, someone out from the church here, they were in the Christmas service, and they sent me this photo, this next photo that's going to come up. And that is, this person was standing up in the very corner of the mezzanine seating up there, if you can't get the perspective, and they're looking down, the mezzanine was full of people packed in, and we had people filled up down here and out in the foyer as well. And as I looked at that photo... I remembered again this couple and the vision that God had given to them. What they had seen with the eyes of faith was now actually a reality. It was happening just six months or so after we'd opened the building. And again, God was just saying, saying again to me, we need, you need to put this as a priority. We need the seats. We need the space. It was good we could squeeze people up there, but if you sat up there, if you were sitting up there, you'll know the, the, uh, the vision that being able to see up there wasn't optimal by any means and the sound and things. But, um, so we are seeing this as a priority. It cost $180,000 in total to put that seating system in up there. Because of the gift of this couple, $60,000 and other money that's been raised and designated for seating, we already have $80,000. Another $100,000 would see us to put that seating up there. So we're praying um, that God will lead us and help us. Wouldn't it be great by Christmas this year if we could have that seating in there? We could seat more people up there. It would be such a blessing because every chair represents a person's life, a person that matters to God, that he cares deeply about. And so as this couple of seen, we want to we wanna invest in this as well. We want to be faith-filled and expectant for what God wants um, the people he longs to reach, the many more that he longs to call on his name to experience life in him. Another key vision for the year ahead is our kids' construction of a kids' courtyard over in our original A2 courtyard over there. It's the entry to our Sunday Buzz ministry on a Sunday morning, the auditorium they use over there. And our heart as a church, it has been right from the beginning, is to see a generation raised up from a young age, that they would be able to encounter God's love, to know there is someone, a God who loves them, who cares about them, who values them, who has a plan and a purpose for their life. These young ones, they need to hear this message. They need to know this when all the other messages that bombard them in the world in which we live. And so we want to create a space where kids love coming to church, an environment that blesses our kids' ministries as well, the amazing job that our Bridge Kids team do, Pastor Trish and Ty and all the team, they're just doing a phenomenal job. And so we want to create this space. I think we've got a rendered photo, in fact, of it. It's like artificial grass with pathways, rubber pathway through it and a play mound with a slide on it and a tunnel through it and just a great space to be able to use by our ministries to bless parents as well who have kids who are coming here on the property and a space where we are praying, um, yeah, kids will just want to love to come and, and be a part of everything that is taking place here. I heard a great story, in fact, from the evangelist um, D.L. Moody, great evangelist, saw many people come to faith. And after a meeting one day, a friend asked him how the meeting went. He said, yeah, it was a great meeting. Two and a half people were saved. And the friend was confused. What do you mean, two and a half people? And the friend thought, do you mean uh, that there was uh, two adults and one child that was saved? And D.L. Moody said, no, 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 no. There was two children and one adult. The two children had their whole life ahead of them. The adult only has half their life left. Two and a half. 
came to faith. I'm not sure about the theology behind that, but D.L. Moody was passionate about seeing people come to faith, and we praise God for what he's doing among uh, our kids' ministries as well and among the next generation. Added to these visions, we're excited to have Trav Granger joining us on our team as uh, a youth worker leading our Switch Youth Ministry on a Friday night. Travis is a trained teacher, if you don't know him, and he has a heart and a passion that God has given him to see young people encounter God's love and, and grace in their own lives. And Trav's own testimony is a powerful example of the way um, God longs for young people to find hope and new life in him. And Trav, um, just want to read just a snapshot of Trav's story. This is what he says. He said, I was in high school at the age of 15 when I attended my first ever church service, a night service here at Bridgman. At that point in my life, I didn't believe there was a God. In fact, I frequently opposed those who did. Losing my dad to illness a few years prior had, had given me a bleak and cynical outlook on life. And with no history of Christian belief in my family, I had little reason to trust that God existed, nor that he was as loving and caring as Christians would have me believe. With friends from school, I continued attending services at Bridgman and Rivers Church of Christ over the next few months. I was quickly connected into a loving community of young people, having my theological and existential questions answered and was steadily starting to understand who God really was. Most importantly, I started to realize how much I needed the hope and freedom that the Christians at church had. I attended a scripture union camp later in that same year, and after the gospel was preached one night by none other than David Twig, I felt the crushing weight of my sin and knew that I needed Jesus. When I stood in response, I felt the overwhelming love of Christ wash over me. And even my acute skepticism could not deny that I had just physically felt God's love. Isn't that powerful? From that moment on, I knew that I was loved, forgiven, and changed. I regularly went to Rivers Youth Group throughout my last year of school and continued on as a youth leader straight after school, coming to lead Switch Youth in 2014. And just as my leaders did to me, God had stirred a passion in me to reach and love teenagers who didn't know him and to use my testimony to lead them to Christ and to disciple them. I studied to become a high school teacher as another means to this mission and have been so blessed to teach at Mueller College this past two years. As a bonus, I met Lauren, my future wife, as we served together at the Switch Youth Festival and we got married last year. How good is Switch Youth Festival? Absolutely amazing. And this year, I am looking forward to seeing God unfold his plans for many more unchurched youth entering his kingdom and of our future leaders being raised up to serve the next generation. He writes, praise God. Isn't that an awesome story, church? An awesome testimony. I think we should encourage Trav um, tonight as well. You know, as we were reflecting on this story, in fact, this last week, Pastor Jody was reminded way back to when um, they first started the youth ministry here in this church, and she used to be a youth leader at that time. And uh, she said, I remember uh, at that time, we used to pray, one of the um, friends, one of the people who attended the youth group used to pray for a friend of his at school, this guy by the name of David Twig that we used to pray for every week. And isn't it incredible that now here, David, come to faith, and now he's speaking at, a, at an event, and then Trav comes to faith, and now he's on the team here. But I want you to see, do you see how it's just about the ones that God calls? It's just the ones that God calls us to minister to, and as we do that, he does this incredible multiplying work as we do that.
And so we're expectant and faith-filled as we follow this call that God has given us. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. As we focus on the ones God puts before us, he longs to do a powerful, mighty work right across this community and beyond. A couple of other um, visions that I want to share really briefly. Our city service is looking to launch an alpha course as well in the heart of our city this year. We're working towards a strategic vision to encourage more people to step out in faith on short-term mission experiences. We're going to call these go trips. If you've ever been on a short-term mission, you'll know how much it, it um, just sparks something within us spiritually and is great on our discipleship journey as well. And then finally, we're committing to another season of 10 days of prayer. We prayed for 10 days last year before we opened the building leading into Pentecost Sunday. It was an incredibly powerful time. And so again this year, we're going to pray for 10 days because without the work of the Holy Spirit, without the work of the Spirit of God among us, we can do nothing. Isn't that true? But as we come, as we pray, as we seek him together, he works in and through us. He works in our community and in our city and beyond. And so we want to pray together more than ever this year. We're launching another prayer meeting on a Friday morning. Pastor Andrew's going to lead it. So we'll have two Friday morning prayer meetings. And that prayer meeting will be focused around our cultural connect vision as well. There are so many more stories I could share, so many more visions that I could share with you as well. But I want to finish with one last story tonight before we close our service. It's a story about a guy named David who actually is a part of our church here, uh, actually plays a key role as a part of our leadership here, and he uh, works as a nurse at one of the local hospitals around here. And he's telling me recently about a story. It was 11 p.m. in the ward in which he was looking after, and a patient said to him in that ward, he said, can I ask you a question? And David said, yeah, sure, you can ask me a question. And the patient said, what is one thing that you are thankful for? And David was intrigued by this question and said, asked him back, well, why do you ask that? He said, well, my social worker gave me a task to do. I have to ask three people what they are thankful for. And um, David said, okay. He said, I wouldn't normally share this with patients, but since you asked me, I can tell you. He said, I'm actually really thankful for God and his love for me. He said, I know a lot of people would probably say that I'm thankful for my family, for my friends, for my job, but I have come to realize that all of these things are actually gifts from God and expressions of his love and care for me. And so I am thankful for God and the fact that I can have a relationship with him through Jesus. And the patient in this moment, just couldn't believe what he was hearing and said to David, I said, I can't believe you just said that. He said, when I was speaking to my social worker, when he gave me the task, he actually shared with me about Jesus and his love for me. And what he shared with me really impacted me deeply. And I went away and I said to God, I said, God, if you are real, you need to reveal yourself to me. And then I came to you, you're the first person I have asked this question. I asked you and you have shared with me this exact same message. And David was able to share with him more about prayer and how you can talk to God and how you can call out to him. And they had this amazing opportunity just to share with this man in a ward at 11 p.m. in a hospital here. But aren't those stories incredible, the way God is working in people's hearts? Praise God for David, who, who was sent to that local hospital here in our community. Praise God for that social worker who knew that he was sent. And in the same way, we have been sent by God to reveal his love, to share his grace with others. We've been sent 
to our neighbours, we've been sent to our workplaces, sent to our school communities, our sports club, wherever he takes us, we've been sent so that many more can hear about him, many more have the opportunity to call on his name and be saved. This is God's heart. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. This is our calling church. This is God's word to us for this year ahead and beyond that as well. And as we close our service tonight, we're going to have an opportunity just to respond to respond to what God is saying to us. And the response from our heart tonight is a very simple one. It's simply to say, Lord, here, I'm, here I am. Send me. The prophet Isaiah said these words, Lord, here I am. Send me. That is our response tonight. Maybe you're hearing thinking, well, I don't know if I could be used by God in this way. I don't know. The task looks too big. It seems too overwhelming. God says, all I want you to do is to come to me tonight. You might think, I don't have the gifts and the abilities. I don't know what to say. God says, I don't, I'm not worried about that. He says, I just want you to come before me tonight and say, here I am, send me. And God will use you powerfully. And he'll link you up as one part of the chain in a person's story. And you might get the joy of experiencing like Abby did in the pool there, knowing that you're a part of seeing another life transformed. And the other thing I want to say tonight to the other response tonight is maybe you're here tonight and you have never, ever called on the name of the Lord. You've never ever come to that moment of your life where you've said, God, I call out to you. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You've never had that moment. We have called on the name of the Lord Jesus and experienced that saving work in your own life. Maybe you're here tonight and you're not sure. You're not sure you've ever experienced that. Well, I want to tell you tonight, you can know that for sure. If you know Jesus, you believe that He is real, that He is true, Jesus says to you tonight, just call on me call on me, no matter what your journey, no matter what your background has been, no matter what people have spoken over your life or said to you, there is a God who loves you, who cares about you, a God who longs to be in relationship with you, who wants you to experience His healing work in your life, wants to experience His blessing that flows as He comes and works in our life, the blessing flows through us to our other relationships as well. And He longs for you to experience that, but it begins with calling on His name, the name of Jesus. And you can do that tonight as well. And so we're going to have a moment of prayer. And in fact, what I want to do as we close in prayer, I'm going to ask Trav, in fact, to come up. And is Lauren here as well tonight? Trav and Lauren are here. Come up tonight because we want to pray for Trav and Lauren. And this morning, in fact, I think we've got another photo. We commissioned all of the teams that are going out for our Cultural Connect vision. I don't know if there's the next photo up there, but we pray for them and commission them to go out. But I want to pray for Trav. Ask the pastors to come up, in fact, and pray for him as well. I'm going to pray for a few things tonight and we're all going to be commissioned tonight ask God to send us out we particularly want to pray for Trav that God will bless him and Lauren as they step out in faith on this journey that God has called them to so will you stand with me now let's stand together as we come to pray and we're going to ask God to send us out tonight by his Holy Spirit to pour out his blessing in our community and beyond let's join together in prayer Heavenly Father we thank you it's been such an awesome day to gather together we thank you for your heart, Lord, which you've revealed so clearly through your word to us. Thank you for your love for each and every person. And so tonight, Lord, we acknowledge that uh, we want to be among those who have been sent by you. And so we pray particularly tonight for Travis, for Lauren, Lord. Thank you for their willingness to say yes to your call. Thanks for Trav's testimony. 
Lauren's story as well of what you've done in their lives. Thanks for bringing them together. And now, Lord, we pray that you'll anoint them by your Holy Spirit, great God. Your hand of protection over their life, we ask. And we are praying for that Switch Youth Ministry, Lord, that many, many more of these young people have an opportunity to hear the good news of your love. We'll call upon your name. That is our prayer, great God. And so bless Trav and Lauren tonight. And for all of us here tonight, I just want to pray for each and every one of us. I just want to invite you um, if, just, to, just to hold your hands out in front of you because I want to pray that God will send all of us out tonight as well. So let me pray that over us tonight. Lord, my prayer tonight is that you would send us out, great God. Send us out to our neighbourhood. Send us out to our workplaces, Lord. Send us out to our universities, to our, to our sports clubs, to wherever you take us, Lord, to the buses that we travel on to work, Lord, wherever it is you take us, Lord. My prayer tonight is that you would anoint us by your Holy Spirit, that you would send us out as your people to share this love with our community. Lord, there are so many who need to hear this message, many people who don't even know what real love is, great God. Never heard a message of hope and life that is found in you, Lord. And I pray that you would Put this burden upon our hearts, Lord, that this is your heart, great God, that you look on the crowds of people in our community and our city and our world and your heart breaks for those who don't yet know what it means to be in relationship with you, to know your saving power in their life, great God. And so I pray, Lord, that you'll send us out to reach the ones that you've called us to, great God. And as we seek to love the ones you put in front of us, Lord, we know, we believe, we're expectant, Lord, that you're gonna see many more come into your kingdom, many more find life and hope in you. And so I I pray you'll send us out. As we're bowed in prayer, if you're here tonight and you've never called on His name, I want to invite you right now just to call on His name, just in your heart, just to pray a simple prayer in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I call out to you tonight. Just to make this your own prayer right now. Lord Jesus, I call out to you tonight. I ask you to be the Saviour of my life, to be the Lord of my life. I ask you to come in and fill me by your Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that you will lead me and guide me that you'll help me to understand the fullness of what it means to be in relationship with you, that this very night, that you will come and meet me and reveal your love and your grace to me. Lord, I pray for any who have prayed that prayer tonight as well. Oh Lord, all of heaven celebrates for any who have said yes to you tonight. Lord, this is your heart. This is your desire. So we give you thanks. We praise your name. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. Can we put our hands together and give thanks to God and encourage Trav and Lauren as well? We're going to sing. We're going to sing a song of worship tonight. Let's sing faith-filled, expectant for all God has in store. If you like prayer in any way during this last song, you feel free to come down the front. We'd love to pray for you as well. But let's worship with all of our hearts. It's been an awesome day, an awesome weekend. Let's worship and give Him thanks. Words that we sing, we thank you for the reality of this in our lives, great God. That we have been redeemed and set free, Lord. That you have taken it all upon yourself, Lord Jesus, on the cross for us. Oh, Lord, that because of what you have done, Lord, we can be called children of the living God. And so we praise you, we worship you tonight, Lord. And we pray you continue to lead us as your people, great God. We keep our eyes fixed on you. You, Lord Jesus, the head of this church, continue to lead us, draw many into your kingdom, and Lord, send us out. I pray that again full of your love, full of your grace, full of your words of life and truth, I pray. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. Praise God. Thanks so much for sharing with us tonight. If you still like prayer, come and grab someone after the service down the front here. We have Bible gift packs as well. If you prayed that prayer for the first time tonight, we'd love to give that to you as a gift tonight. But God bless. Thanks so much for sharing with us.